Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. So we do pray to come and be filled with the Holy Spirit. One way we do that is to receive God's word. And so we invite you to stand as we hear the gospel. Today, it's uh, from the gospel of Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we do pray that your goodness, your faithfulness, Lord, that your presence would be upon us and that we would know you in this moment. So, Lord, reveal yourself to us. Help us to to see you in the midst of any storm that we're in. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So what are you afraid of? Uh, uh, I'm sure that if I was to ask this question, I've asked it before. You all have said things, uh, there's some common things, right? Like afraid of the dark, uh, afraid of spiders, afraid of snakes, afraid of all sorts of of terrible things. Uh, But as I was preparing for this sermon, I came across phobias. Now, there are some phobias that we've heard about, but there were some phobias that were new to me. And so I'm just going to challenge you this morning to see how well you know your phobias, all right? And so you're welcome to to get a piece of paper down or to take notes in your phone or to take your connection card and and make these notes because I'm going to name a phobia, all right? I'm going to name five of them, and then we're going to see if you can get any of these phobias actually correct, all right? So here is the the first. These are real phobias, all right? So what what is the actual phobia? thing that people are afraid of, all right? So the first one is this, electorphobia, okay? If you have a guess of what electorphobia is, just write it down, all right? Make a note, electorphobia, all right? The next one is 
F-biophobia. F-biophobia. All right? You all look like you know exactly what that one is. Uh, just instantly, you're like, I know my Greek, so that one's pretty easy. All right, how about this one? Genuphobia. Genuphobia. You think you know what genuphobia is? Somebody's like, I wrote that one down, so that's okay, good. All right, how about this one? Koinoephobia. Koinoephobia. All right. Some of you, all right, thinking maybe. All right, here's the last one. All right. Majirkaphobia. Majirkaphobia. And if I pronounce that wrong, you don't know. Right? <laughs> I looked it up, all right. So let's go back through. The very first one, electrophobia. Did anybody guess fear of chickens? Got it, all right. <laughs> fear of beer. Uh, that was, okay. Um, all right. Um, there may be somebody here who has uh, an electrophobia. All right. Let's see here. Uh, this next one, I'm sure there are some of you out there. Ephibiophobia. That is the fear of teenagers. <laughs> terrified of teenagers. Maybe some parents are terrified that their children are about to become uh, teenagers. Um, all right. Now, this next one, um, I, I thought about, and I, I had a little bit of an idea from a Disney song, uh, because it says in a, an Aladdin song, genuflex, show some respect, get down on one knee. So genuphobia is the fear of knees. Genuflex, all right. Maybe just me who learned that song, apparently. All right, I know. So, I, I, you know, I don't know exactly. Um, I, I don't know anybody who has the fear of, of knees, but I feel sad for them because there are knees everywhere, right? Um, and so uh, here we go. Now, this next one, um, actually, I, I, I had a little bit of, a, of an idea because uh, koine um, is the Greek word kind of meaning community. Um, groups, and so I learned that in seminary. And so, koinonephobia is the fear of rooms full of people. All right, now I think this is probably actually there might be some people uh, who are here, or even watching online, that uh, they walk into a room and just that, that overwhelming sense of people can get us. All right, and this last one um, sometimes happens apparently in relationships. Uh, people get married, um, and one partner has this. More typically, it's a male, but not exclusively that way. Majirkaphobia is the fear of cooking. All right? <laughs> so there may be some of you who uh, you're like, hey, I'm sorry, but I'm majirkaphobic, and um, I can't help out uh, uh, at all. All right? Um, and so just use that one in a sentence this week. Uh, just drop that, majirkaphobia. Now, when we think about fears, uh, obviously there are these fears, and for whatever reason, people have these phobias. But when we think about fear, and when I think about fear, um, I don't really think about those kinds of fears. In fact, when I meet with people in my office or when I talk, we, I, say, I often will ask the question, so what are you afraid of? What is it that you are afraid of? As, you, as you're in the middle of the situation, whatever it is, what are you afraid of? And, and sometimes we're afraid of what the future might be. Um, we're afraid of, an, of the unknown that's there. Maybe sometimes we, we feel like we need to do something, but we're afraid of being embarrassed. Or what if we are rejected? Maybe we're afraid of being alone or unworthy. 
Um, we, we talk about FOMO, the fear of missing out, and that oftentimes in our fear, um, we hesitate to move forward because we are afraid, or we run away from something because we are afraid. Now, there's a few different ways to, to think about fear. One of them is this, is that fear is a feeling of negative uncertainty about a possible future. It's this negative uncertainty. I'm not sure what's going to happen because there's all of these possibilities. And there are some of you out there who you have this incredible gift of imagining all the terrible futures that exist in the world. And that if this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened, then that would happen and I can't stand that. Now, another definition of fear is that fear is an emotional response to a real or perceived threat. It's an emotional response to a real or perceived threat, and fear actually has a place to play in our lives. It is a good thing that from time to time we experience fear. Now, I, um, I am not, uh, I would call myself an avid indoorsman, all right? So I'm not really afraid of bears because I don't think I'm going to put myself in a place in which a bear is going to be. But if I happened to be in a place and there was a bear that was walking towards me, fear would be a really good thing to experience because it would tell me I have to get out of that situation. And when you're afraid, then that's what it does is it tells you, you need, something needs to change because it cannot stay in here. And so if we see a bear, we need to be afraid. Or maybe as parents, I think we've all had this experience in which our kid moves towards the street and all of a sudden our fear kicks in. It doesn't kick in for them, it kicks in for us. And we go do something immediately. So fear can be a good thing. Now, I've, I've learned some about fear. And part of what happens is um, in our brain, we have this, what, what somebody told me, our reptilian part of our brain that does instantly respond. And it teaches us, all right, um, and it, it sends our whole body these messages of fear. So our heart rate increases, our adrenaline starts to flow when we experience fear. But all fear is not created equal, though it often has that same starting place. So let me tell you a story. So this past summer, we went as a family, we went to Seattle, and so we went to the Space Needle. Now, um, I've got two boys, uh, a sixth grader and a fourth grader. They have no fear um, as it relates to the Space Needle. Now, myself and Heather, we had fear. So what happened is, is you go up the elevator to the top of the Space Needle, and they have this outside walking area that, that you can sort of balcony type thing that you can walk. Now, there are these huge sheets of glass. There are other sort of protective measures. So like, there is no way you can climb and jump out. There's no way that you could fall off the edge of the Space Needle. They, they have designed it so that that doesn't happen. But I tell you what, as soon as I walked outside and I felt that cold breeze, I was terrified. Now, so again, I was, you know, so like if this is the end of, you know, this is like kind of the cliff to look out, right? But there's a big old sheet of glass that's right there. Like, I'm still like here. My kids are like leaning on the glass and I'm like, boy, stop. You know, I know you're not going to die, but my brain doesn't know you're not going to die. My brain is telling me that's not safe. They don't have that brain quite developed like I do, Right. And so, so, so we go outside and just terrifying, right? And so I like, you know, like somebody wants to get our picture, you know, like Heather's like, let's get our picture. And like, we're all, I mean, like the boys are like, yeah, that sounds great. And Heather and I are just like, it's close to, you know, it's, you know, they're like, get, you know, you need to back up. So everybody gets in the shot. Like, nope, I ain't backing up. 
nope, I don't care. All right? So then you go, I think you go down a level, and um, they have another place where the floor is glass. Now, you know what was crazy? Outside, I was terrified. But inside, I was fine. I don't know why, but I could just walk on this glass floor and look at it. Now, now Heather, her experience was different. Outside, she was a little braver than I was. But inside, that glass floor freaked her out. When, when our children laid on the glass floor, get up, boys, right? And, and so what happens is, is that when we experience fear, all right, our mind overwhelms us and says, you're about to die. You must survive. And this happens whether or not the fear is a real or perceived threat. I was not going to die on the space needle. Nothing was going to happen, but my mind was so consumed with fear. Now, this happens to us when we experience fear in life. Whether it be the fear of what happens if I make this decision, whether it be the fear of what is my kid going to do, is that the, our body tells us you're going to die. In fact, I was talking to my counselor and I was telling him about some of my fears and he said, Aaron, the first thing you have to do is to take a deep breath and tell yourself you're not going to die. This will not kill you. You have to train your brain to handle fear differently. So what I want to do today is is I'm going to invite, I'm going to actually call out a few people to come up here and to share their testimony of how they met Jesus. All right, so I want you to think about what you would say. I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about it, all right, and then I'm going to call out a few people, all right, to think, to to give your testimony about how you met Jesus, all right? So I want you to think about it. All right, so who am I going to choose? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to choose anybody. But there are some of you who are terrified. You're like, Aaron, you know, you haven't prayed all morning, really, all right? But you were praying then, Lord, don't let Aaron pick me. And you're still, like, your heart is still racing. Like, if you were to look at your heart rate, you'd be like, it's elevated, right? Just the mere thought of it. You're like, I ain't going to die. Aaron just told me that. But I ain't going to talk in front of people if he calls me, right? This is what happens with fear. Now, others of you are like, hey, I'm not afraid of that. All right? You, you were ready. Some of you were even willing to take the shot that if he, vol- if he asks for volunteers, I'll do it so my wife doesn't do it. Or my husband doesn't have to do it. But what happens is with this fear that, that builds up, it's this negative uncertainty. What happens if I get up there and have to talk in front of people? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I stumble over my words? What if, what if, what if I can't come get a sentence to be put together? What's going to happen if I look like a fool? What if I don't have a good testimony, right? All these possible things that happen. And so we just get elevated and elevated and elevated. And so we experience fear. Now, what are fears? To, to me, there's really two big kinds of fears that we have. So one are um, one, one is the unfamiliar possibilities. These are things that might happen, but we aren't necessarily guaranteed to happen. All right? And so what happens is we experience something we've never experienced before. And so there's these unknown possibilities, this, this fear of the unknown that happens. So what's going to happen when we go through a pandemic? I don't know because none of us had done that before. It's an unknown reality. What happens if Russia and Ukraine are at war? Right? What does that mean for us? For a lot of us, we haven't gone through World War I or World War II or any of those other things. What does that mean? I don't know. It's unfamiliar, and the unfamiliar is scary to us. But there's also familiar failures that we have. Maybe you had a bad experience with the neighbor's dog when you were a kid, and now the, 
and now dogs continue to terrify you. Maybe somebody broke your heart, and so you have a hard time entering into a relationship again because you don't want to experience that pain. We have these experiences and these failures that are familiar to us, and they can drive our motives and our intentions. And so what we see in our story is actually the disciples coming up with familiar failures and unfamiliar possibilities. And so at the beginning of the story, it says this, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. Now for a number of the disciples, they were actually fishermen. And so they had experienced the storms at sea before. It still can be scary. Maybe they knew somebody who had lost their life. Maybe they had gotten thrown overboard before. But all of them had survived storms before. They knew what it was and they knew what to do. But it still can be a very scary thing for them. And so what causes fear? Is, is to me, there's really a couple of, of clues in our scriptures, and it's amazing how scripture can use so few words, but yet have such truth in them. It says the disciples were far away from land. And so one of the things that causes fear is when we are far away from land, when we lack stability. The more stability we have, the less likely that we are going to experience fear. And so there's a lot of us who will go to great extents to have as much stability around us so we never have to be afraid. We, we do whatever we can do to continue to stay on land, even if God is calling us out to the sea. Now, the other thing that I think causes fear is a lack of control. Did you hear what it said? For a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. There was nothing that the disciples could do to control the wind and the waves. And so sometimes what causes us a lot of fear are the things that we cannot control. When, when, when the doctor calls us and says, hey, we need to talk about these results, and we're just waiting to hear what is going on. There's all these moments that we don't have control, and we are terrified of what we can't do much about. And so here, in this literally dark and stormy nights. In the midst of that, of the familiar fears, comes something unexpected. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Now this is I love this part of the text for a lot of reasons. Now, one reason why I love this is, is that whenever I'm reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, one of the things I like to do is to see if there are versions of the same story in different Gospels. In fact, you'll find a lot of commonalities between Matthew and Mark, especially, um, but also Luke and Matthew and Mark have a lot of, of commonality in the midst of them. So I like to see what different versions have. And so when we were doing this as a staff, I thought, well, let me see, what, um, see if there's a story of this in Mark. And sure enough, in Mark's version of the gospel, it says that Jesus was walking on water and he was intending to just walk on by. Isn't that crazy? Like Jesus, like I would never call Jesus lazy, all right? But I do have to give him credit for being smart. It's like, you know what? I could take the long way around the sea. All right, or I could wait for a boat in the morning, or I could go for a stroll at 3 o'clock in the morning to the other side. So Jesus was not planning on doing anything. 
He was not planning. He did not go out with the intention of saving them. He went out with the intention of just walking on past, but then they saw him and they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. So imagine the scene, right? The waves are coming. The the wind is blowing. The water is coming from below around on top of you. And all of the sudden, you see a figure out there. And the disciples did what most of us would do, panic and come to our own conclusions. And so they had to be afraid, and they were crying out, and they said, the most logical of all possibilities is that this is a ghost. And this is what we do in the midst of fear, is that we come to our own conclusions, and in our fear, we cry out and we say that something is happening, whether or not it's happening or not. And so in our fears, we begin to see things that really aren't there or in the way that they are. But Jesus did not just walk on by. He didn't say, this is a great joke. I can't wait to tell them about it. It says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. And so in the midst of this storm, they see him they panic. Jesus sees them, and he speaks at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. You see, what this tells me is that Jesus doesn't leave us alone in our fears. He meets us in these moments. Is that Jesus is walking alongside us in our journey, and he meets us when we are afraid. When we are afraid, Jesus is right there. And he has these three phrases, and if you remember one thing, remember these three phrases. That would be remembering three things now, but um, they're pretty short and simple. So remember these three things. These are the words he says. The first thing he says is, don't be afraid. Easy for Jesus to say. But this is actually said 365 times in our scriptures. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. In fact, many times in which the words of don't be afraid are said are said by Jesus or by an angel when God is doing something. Now, this is a different angle on fear, but sometimes we are afraid not because of what the wind and the waves or what the outside is doing, but because of what God is doing. And we're terrified of what God might do especially when we don't recognize it being from God. But when the angels appeared in heaven and the shepherds were there, they said, don't be afraid because God is doing something incredibly new. For unto you this day a Savior has been born. And so one of the things that sometimes happen is, am I afraid because God is doing something in my midst and I don't recognize it? And so the word is don't be afraid. Or am I afraid because I'm lacking stability and I'm lacking control? The word is still the same. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear dictate our reality. We live in a world in which fear is often the strongest influence in everything. And so here, what God is telling us and what Jesus is telling his disciples is don't be afraid. Don't let fear dictate your reality. There are times in which we need to be aware of the danger, certainly. But don't let fear dictate your reality and your choices. Don't be afraid. Instead, what do you do? Take courage. 
Now, last year we had the year of courage. I think part of being a follower of Jesus Christ is that you have to take courageous steps of faith. You have to do things because you believe that God has called you to step into risk, to move forward into a risky situation. It's not courageous if there's not risk that's involved. And so he invites us to take a risk, to take courage, to be brave, and to step forward moving in the direction that Jesus is inviting us to. And the last thing that he says is he says, I am here. How can we take courage? How can we step into that future? How can we face our fears? Is that we can trust that Jesus is here with us. So when we are afraid, give me Jesus. Now I love what happens next in our story. Because it's not what I would do. Peter um, is, is a very impulsive person. Now, some of you are impulsive people. Others of you are not so impulsive. But Peter was an impulsive person. And so he just said, Jesus, you said these things. Let me try them out. All right? So if you said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here, let's try it. Let me see if you're real or not. And so he says, if it's you, tell me to walk out on the water. And so Jesus said, yes, come. And what do we see happen with Peter? The first thing is, he was not afraid. All the other disciples were sitting there in the boat. I mean, I, if it was me back there, you know, because I've already, like one, I wouldn't be anywhere near the edge of the boat. All right, I'd be back a few steps, right? And I'd be like, Peter, are you sure? Like, I know Jesus is walking, but that doesn't mean you have to. But, but he was not afraid. He believed that what Jesus said and could do was greater than what the wind and the waves and the world was saying could happen. And so he wasn't afraid of what could happen. In fact, he took courage, and he was courageous moving forward. And it said that he walked on the water. I mean, just amazing. And I think part of it, and there was a book that was called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You Have to Get Out of the Boat. And, and, and often, if you want to move towards the life that God wants you to have, not merely to survive, fear tells you survive, God tells you to thrive. You have to not be afraid and you have to take courage. And then you have to trust that I am here. Now, did you hear what happened with Peter? It says that he was, he, Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Now, here's what's going to happen as you take courage and as you take steps of faith. At some point in time, you're going to look out and realize that you're in trouble. You're going to realize that you have done something risky and you've exposed yourself to vulnerability. Now, it reminds me a little bit of like the cartoons that we all used to watch where the cartoon character would run over a cliff, and it wasn't until he looked down that he began to fall down. That's not how it works in the real world, but that's how it works in the fear world. Is that this is Peter, who's not a cartoon character, who when he walked and he looked down and realized what was going on, he began to sink. And so at some point in time, you're gonna be courageous with steps one, maybe steps two, and maybe steps three, but maybe steps four, five, and six, you're going to look down and going to be like, oh my gosh, what did I do? 
Because we take our eyes off of Jesus. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was able to walk forward. And so there will be times where fear is going to hit you again. And that wind's going to come up. And that water's going to brush on your knee. And you're going to think, what in the world am I doing? And when you fall, Jesus will be here. I am here, he says. Lord, save me. And so Jesus reached out his hand and saved him. And so maybe there are some of you who you took steps of faith earlier. And, and, and you're at a place now where you're falling and, you were, and you're like, Lord, save me. And he, he will, because that's who he is. He is the one who saves. He did it then, and he can do it now. He's the one who heals, and he did it then, and he can do it now. He is the same God who was. So don't be afraid. I don't know your story, but I know that you have one. And you and I, we've made choices based on fear, and I don't want to make those choices based on fear. I want to take courage. I want to step into an unknown future. I want to be like Peter and step out of the boat and trust that Jesus is there. And most of all, I'm going to trust that Jesus is with us. I am here, Jesus says. Best of all, we are not alone. You are never alone in your fear because God is always with you. And so maybe there are some of you out there who you've lived your whole life in fear. And, and, and you've just tried to survive day after day after day after day. And you have just been afraid your whole life. And so maybe today is the day that you need to call out to Jesus and say, save me, Jesus. I don't want to live by fear, but I want to trust in you by faith that you will save me from my fall and help me to walk on. And so if that's you today, we're going to open up the altars and we're going to invite you to come and just receive his love. You can text us on our pastoral prayer line. Maybe there are some of you who you are just in the middle of fear. You have a decision to make. You have a situation in your life and you are terrified. And maybe you just need to come and lay your fear down at the altar. And so we'll have a couple of people who will pray with you or you're just invited to, to pray by yourself. But wherever you are, in the midst of your story, don't be afraid. Take courage. Jesus is here. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.